What's poppin' fam? Welcome to Don't Touch My Mindset, a podcast that is designed to uplift, inspire, and motivate you, and most importantly, share tools to help you protect that mindset. Hey, hey, what, what did DJ Khaled say? Here's another one. <laughs> Here's another one. Here's another one. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jay Chase. We are listening to another Pivotal Moments. Like, I know this was supposed to come out on Sunday. Yo, it has been a crazy wild week. We are gearing up for the Amplify Workshop. Not not saying that like I'm dropping the ball, not saying that I'm behind, but we have been super busy. Um, all sites focused on the Amplify Workshop. Hopefully we'll see you in Canyon Lake, California, July 14th through July 16th. Check the show notes to get the, the registration link and you get 40% off if you're a listener of the podcast, right? And that's not it. You get to bring a friend for free. You know, I always say, if you're not growing with them, you're growing away from them. And this workshop's going to be full of personal growth, leadership, inspiration, focus, goal setting. But the most important part is you. Yeah, we have five amazing speakers that are going to come dedicate the weekend to you, some guest appearances, a face service. I, I, I'm super excited about the growth and development. Um, thank you for all the supporters, those who have been donating to the show that keeps us going. The The donation link is in the show notes like thank you like thank you guys so 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 much like for those who are showing the love and donating and you know like i i I honor that because we're able to keep bringing you great a content um please if this is your first time here follow the show at dj chase or at don't touch my mindset on instagram youtube all social media platforms um, press the press the subscribe button wherever you're watching, listening to the show at. Um, please rate, review, share with a friend if anything resonates. We have a very special pivotal moments for you. I'm super excited to dive into it. Like I said, this this season we're going to focus on growth. We're going to focus on personal and professional leadership, and I'm going to highlight a lot of entrepreneurs and pivotal moments. So let you know. Let's just dive into it. I love you guys. Thank you for being here. Um, yeah, we're back on Wednesday with a brand new mindset too. So stay tuned. Keep keep listening. Keep tapping in. I, I, I'm super excited uh, for this episode, guys. Let's dive. I'm super excited to be back. We're expecting with another pivotal moments, and um, this one's special. This one's special only because we're. 15 hours in the future right now like it, it is it is literally wednesday and we're recording this tuesday night in america and our guest is from all the way on the other side of the world australia brisbane uh brisbane 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 i don't know how to say that i'm gonna let her introduce herself i'm gonna let her tell you where she's from i'm gonna let her tell you what she does <laughs> please 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 caitlin will you introduce yourself to everybody and tell them who you are and what you do of course. Thank you for having me. Um, so yes, I am across the world. I'm in Brisbane, Australia. So that's in Queensland in the sunny state. Um, I am, so I work full-time on social media. I run my own business. So I have two businesses technically. I have my personal page, which is Caitlin Armstrong, which you guys, or anyone that has followed me would know me from. 
And then my business is my digital media agency. Um, so that's where I do all of my editing, my photography, social media management, and that side of things, which is what I love doing. But today I'm more here to share a bit more about my personal story, I think, which again, we just spoke about briefly, isn't shared too much on my page because it's not really related to my brand and my business, but it's what has shaped me into who I am and into being able to run my business. So I think it's going to be a really awesome conversation. Yeah, I, I'm super excited about this. And and just because you said that, um, it, it just makes me force up my, my favorite question that I like to ask all my guests, you know, uh, in this fast paced world that we live in with social media and becoming an entrepreneur, running your own business and doing all of the things and, and doing and doing and doing. Let me ask you, um, if you take away all the titles, if you take away all the successes, if you take away all the trials, if you take away all the tribulations, who are you and like, why do you, why are you here? Mm, that is such a good question. Um, and I think it's one that, you know, if you asked me a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have been able to answer, but I think like now I'm just, I've always said I'm a creative, like that's what I go to growing up. I would do anything creative. I would draw, I would be out in nature. I'd be creating things in our garage from like scraps or whatever I could find. Um, and yeah, I'm a creative and I'm here to express my voice and express that creative side of me, whether that's through art or voice or creation or whatever. Um, so yeah, in simplest terms, I'm a creative and I'm here to create and inspire others from what I do. Oh, see, I love that. And I love the amount of clarity that you have because most people don't have that. Most people can't yeah. literally peel back the successes, peel back the the trials and tribulations and be like, well, yo, like, who am I? Like me, I truly mm -hmm. believe that I exist to lead from generosity and unconditional love, but follow with care and understanding. Like, that's it. Like, I'm here to inspire and lead with generosity and unconditional love. That's it. But but some people don't have that clarity. And and it's very interesting that you said that if I would ask you that a couple of years ago, you wouldn't have been able to answer that. Um, so yeah. so t that's why we're here today to talk about your pivotal moment. Um, well, take us take us there. What what did your pivotal moment look like? What was it for you? Who were you back then? You know, uh, you know, th mm -hmm. this this is your moment to shine a light on you and who you are. Yeah. So I, if we go back a few years, so when I was, um, I think I was like seventeen at the time was when I started to get unwell. So growing up, I had a fairly normal childhood. Um, and then as I got to like 16, I started to have some family issues and some things going on in my life that I couldn't control. Like they were out of my control, but I'm a type A personality. I'm a perfectionist. I wanted to be in control of everything. I wanted to know what was going on and be in control of it. And at this stage, I had to learn to let that go. Um, but in replace of that, I started to control things like my health and my fitness. And I, long story short, ended up developing um, eating disorders. I was diagnosed as anorexic, but in broad terminology, like knowing what I know now, I was more on the orthorexic side. So I don't know if people know, anorexia is more based around a weight and being obsessed with wanting to lose weight whereas orthorexia is more related to wanting to be the healthiest you could possibly be and so I was more on that schedule in terms of it didn't really matter what my weight was and I wasn't 
I didn't stop eating. I was just trying to eat as healthy as possible. And that came back to the control mindset. It was like, I just wanted to be in control of what I was doing. Um, and I also grew up with anxiety disorder. So that sense of control was what kept me feeling like I was going to be able to keep going. Um, but anyway, that sort of developed over maybe six to 12 months. I declined quite quickly. And then I knew something was going on, but I didn't know how to fix it. My family didn't know what we could do because there wasn't a whole lot of information out there. And then pretty much in terms of my pivotal moment, we had been to quite a few doctors trying to figure out what to do. I knew I needed to change, but I didn't know what I needed to do. And then I remember my mum got me in to see this paediatrician who was very, very good at what she did, very high in her industry. And I went into this doctor not knowing what was going to happen. And she said to me, you're medically unstable. If you keep going the rate you're going, your heart's going to stop. And she sent me to hospital that day. And so for me, like I wasn't in a state to be able to process that. Like at the time it shocked me, but I remember sitting there and her telling me that. And I was almost relieved because finally someone had told me like what was going on. Um, but then, so that afternoon, obviously she let me go home. I got some things and we went to the hospital, but that was the first moment that someone had told me, like having someone blatantly say to you, you could, like your heart could stop right now and you might not be here was the kick in the face that I needed to be like, well, I'm at rock bottom. I can't go down any further right now. So the only way to go is to go up. Wow. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that will literally, that, that will literally, you're about to die. You know what I mean? Mm. At this rate, pace, with the decisions that you're making right now, you're about to die, you know? And, and it's, it's something that, and, you know, I, I don't talk about it a lot, but I know eating disorders are very prevalent in, you know, modern society. And I think we don't necessarily realize how much damage they can do to us in a short period of time because I didn't think I was that unhealthy at the time and yes my mind was skewed and not in the right place to you know comprehend that but in saying that if you looked at me from an outside I was still eating I was still you know a very academic student at school I was still socializing and talking with family and things like that but deeper down like you can't see what's going on on the inside. And like my resting heart rate, I think was, you know, 30 something beats per minute. And like, it was very low and I was, yeah, it was quite, it was a lot worse than we thought. So, yeah. So, so let me ask you, what, what is kind of the lesson or the principle that, that that wake up call that you kind of carry with you now, you know, like mm. what keeps you from going back to that place? Yeah, I think that there's a couple things. The, the biggest one that I get out of it is, you know, to live your life in the moment, like live it as you can, because we don't know what's going to happen. Like we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know, you know, when something could happen. Not that anything, like I don't ever wish anything bad upon anyone but we live in a very unexpected world and it made me just open my eyes to living and doing what I want in the moment 
and being more spontaneous because, you know, do it while you can. Um, but it also taught me, it taught me self-respect because I had to learn to love myself again. And like going to back to that question of if you asked me a couple of years ago, I wouldn't be able to tell you who I was. I, when I was going through that period of time, I couldn't even look at myself in a mirror because I was ashamed of who I was. I didn't know what I saw. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I just, I had no self-respect, no self-love. And again, from an outside perspective, I was very generous and nice to everyone else around me. And I was a people pleaser, but it kind of comes back to that. You can't pour from an empty cup. And it got to the point where I was so drained because, you know, I didn't have that sense of who I was. So I couldn't really develop and help anyone else more than I already had because I needed to work on myself first. Absolutely. And, you know, there's one thing that I love about your content that you uh, put out on Instagram, you know, to, to like just to let people know what you do a little bit just on Instagram, at least, is the fact that you take these amazing photos with the premise of bettering yourself behind it. And, you know, that's what really really stood out to me as I'm scrolling in my black hole of Instagram real <laughs> here, here comes Caitlin and I'm and I'm like what like it's like focus I'm like oh no you're right you're right and it's and and so tell tell us everyone who's listening what is a healthy day for you now you know after yeah. after the darkness after going through this kind of so, you know I always tell people you got you got to spend some time in the dark developing yourself in order to give back you know and you know everybody seems to want to get to this aspirational identity but but one what did that work look like for you you know developing into that and what does a healthy day look like for you now you know yeah so in terms of developing that and working on it to get to where I am now um, to start with, the program I was put on when I was in recovery was a paediatric program because I was under 18. So at that time, I didn't have a choice of my recovery process. And I was, I saw a psychologist weekly, I saw a doctor weekly and a couple other things. And then they sort of developed off. But when I was going through that, the focus was on restoring my weight and the focus was on eating any kind of food. But for me, I knew that I needed to tackle the mental side of things and the self-image that I had as opposed to the eating disorder itself because mine developed from a mental disorder. So when I turned 18, I made the decision because my parents couldn't make it for me. I made the decision to stop that recovery program and I went my own way and I got myself a, well, in broad terms, she was my coach because she was a psychologist, a nutritionist, and a personal trainer, like all in one. Um, and we worked on, you know, being able to accept myself. It was that uncomfortable work. It was a lot of journaling. It was a lot of meditation. It was a lot of mirror work and confrontation. It was doing the things that make me feel uncomfortable. And that sort of side that isn't as broadly seen in a medical um, world, I guess you could say. And so I did a lot of that. And then obviously through that, you find the principles that you can bring into every day. So then like coming to my daily routine now, I've always said like health to me is being able to find balance both in everyday life and in times of non-balance. And because I'm an entrepreneur, 
most of my days don't look the same. And I say like, that's one of my favorite things about my job is that I don't live the same day twice. But in saying that, it also means that I'm out of routine a lot. And like the past three weeks I've been traveling and things like that. So being able to find a balance within that for me looks like I will, I don't go a day where I'm not outside, whether that be sitting in fresh air for five minutes or whether it means walking my dog for an hour, something like that. I like to get outside and it sounds silly, but to be outside in the world makes me realize how small I am in the best way possible, because it makes me realize that the world is so big and I'm just this little contributing factor. And yes, I can make a big difference in this world, but anything that might seem huge and significant to me at the time that might be stressing me out kind of just goes away because I'm like it's not the big deal like it's it's just part of the world and it kind of keeps me calm um and then journaling for me is a big factor but I don't sit down and journal like I used to so when I was like recovering it would be a more of a process and sitting down and really doing that internal work whereas now it's more of a I do it in the morning to prompt myself into a positive mindset. I do it at night to reflect on my day. Like it just keeps me present. And then moving my body is another one. Obviously, I love going to the gym or if it's outside, like exercising, moving your body is such a powerful tool for us. Um, and then, you know, eating healthy, like that's just something that makes you feel good. Um, so it's just kind of like those basics and then making sure you get enough sleep and enough water and that sort of thing. But yeah, I think overall, it's just making sure that I am present in every day because I think that's, if I'm present, I'm going to be making those healthy choices anyway. Whereas it's so easy for us to just move through our lives and our days without even being present. And we don't even realize what we're doing half the time. So that's my number one thing that makes me stay healthy on a regular day. Yeah, that's that has that's like rule number three for me. I, I have like a list of rules I live by. Otherwise, like I'll, I'll be all over the place. But like it's that is that is like definitely rule number three. Is like stay present. Let 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 go of the fear of losing something. Let go of the hope of something mm-hmm. lasting forever. Stay present right now. Just stay present right now. And that's and that's definitely something that keeps me going. And I love what you said about journaling. Is I want to highlight that is that it develops right it develops unless you unless you intend and intentionally do it every day for 15 minutes for the next 18 years right it develops because as much as i journaled when i started recovery you know um it's not as much as i do now but it's still something that i do every single day like i still have my morning routine Mm -hmm. and people very rarely believe that it's just that simple as eating right moving your hips i say move your hips i say all your negative energy stored in your hips just move your hips a little bit you'll be all right you know yeah (laughs) get in some fresh air i I love that i love that um can 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 i talk to you about failure can i talk to you about failure um tell me tell me tell me tell me um how has failure shaped your life in a very broad question right how has failure shaped your life (laughs) I love it though and I think for me like the way I look at failure now is I don't see failure as failure failure is an opportunity for growth and it's a lesson and it's a learning and you know we've all heard it before but if we don't fail we don't grow if we don't fail we don't 
progress. Um, and so I'm not going to lie, like I'm still human and there's certain things that I'm scared of failing for. I say that in you know, quotations, but at the end of the day, I never let failure stop me. And I think I something that's powerful for me is I know that when the fear of failure comes up, it's generally because that's something that I need to confront. And that comes back from the learnings that I went through during my recovery, because it's that you get to that point of this feels uncomfortable. I am scared of failure or it could be something else. But then because I'm self-aware, I recognize that. And then I work through it because I'm like, okay, I'm scared of the failure, but what's the worst that can physically happen and say from like a business perspective, if there's a course that I want to launch or something and I'm scared that it's not going to do well, the way that I overcome it is I think of the absolute worst thing that can possibly happen. And in that situation, I launch the course, no one buys it. Like, that's the worst thing that can happen. Like, it's really not that bad. And I'm just like, okay, that clearly didn't resonate with my audience. That's my lesson. Now I'll try something else. And so I think once we break down what the failure actually is, and why that that's there, then, you know, that sort of shapes the perspective of how to move past it, if that makes sense. No, that makes complete sense. I love that. And why that resonates with me so much is because failure has, one, shaped my life in many areas, you know, from be going through my my personal struggles where it comes with alcohol and, and leadership of my own. But knowing that failure is an opportunity for growth, like you said, is the, like, it, if that isn't the best part about failure is it when you can look at a situation and say, what did I love about that? And what did I learn from that? And then be able to apply that to the next situation. That's when failure shapes your life for the better. And that's so many entrepreneurs don't start because they're scared of failure, right? Mm. They don't start because they don't, they don't start because of themselves, you know? And I really want people to get out of their own way. And, and so it, it brings me, it brings me to my next question. What would you tell young entrepreneur, Caitlin? Yes. Um, first thing that came to mind was think less and do more. Mm. Um, and that comes from, I think I mentioned I'm a type A personality and I'm a perfectionist. So I will sit and plan or think about every possible scenario and make sure everything is organized to a T before I do anything. And that in itself, I've always said perfectionism, perfectionism is my biggest strength and my biggest weakness because it's great to be prepared, but I'm never going to feel prepared enough to feel like I'm ready. So my biggest piece of advice is to think less and I get out of my own head and kind of like you said, get out of your own way and just do more. Um, and then the other thing is to just be kind and patient with myself and with others, because I think we can be so hard on ourselves. We can be so quick to compare ourselves or judge ourselves or want to be at the next stage or the next goal or the next whatever it is, destination that we have in our minds. But when I sort of came to the realization that the joy and like the progress is actually in the journey and like we need to, you know, love the whole process because once you get to a destination, there's going to be another destination that comes up. 
So once we actually take it back a little bit and enjoy how we get there, that's sort of where the you know, the beauty comes in. There is no arrival. There is no arrival. No. <laughs> I love it. I've always said there's no arrival and there's no end point. Oh, ooh, like there, there's no end. You know, I always tell myself when I get to X, Y, Z, I won't be working as hard. No, when I get to X, Y, Z, I'm just going to be working as hard as I'm working now, but plus some because I have more responsibilities and I want to impact more people. Yeah. More impact yeah. comes with more responsibilities, right? Yeah. And I think as an entrepreneur, that's where often the fear comes in because you know I think the fear of failure can come from it can be fear of judgment it can be fear of success or it can be fear of there's one other one there's three but I think what you just referred to there is the fear of success that if I do more I have more responsibility and that makes me scared but when you bring it back and you're like more success means I can reach more people I can be more benefit to more people then you kind of shape your mindset and think, okay, well, why wouldn't I do that? Mm, it, you know, exactly. Let, let me ask you, what do you, what comes to mind when you hear the term servant leadership? Servant leadership. Mm, you've stopped me there. Well, leadership for me is someone who, well, someone, something, some system that is able to lead by example and is able to give value to others that are not in their position. So people that have been through something that can provide that value to others, whether that be educational, personal, you know, anything in that sense. Servant leadership, I'm not too sure actually. You've kind of stopped me on that one. You know, it, it's it's just a, a focus on people, of putting people first. Is that I I want to yeah, okay. impact and influence others to help others solely to help others, right? And and I think most leaders get into this place of wanting to elevate themselves, right? And there's something that I appreciate about your brain that I haven't really um, got to bring up or say is that that it's almost faceless. Mm. And that, and. No, I was just going to say that is something that I get, you know, the most comments on and the most interest in. And to be honest, it started because I was in that place of I didn't know myself. I didn't necessarily accept myself. So I didn't want to show myself. But then as my brand developed, people started to know me for not showing my full self. And I've always said, like, I'm not a typical influencer. I don't sell myself. I sell my personality and I sell what I can do. And so the fact that now my brand is still fairly faceless is because it doesn't matter what I look like. It doesn't matter what my past is. It doesn't matter what my future is. What matters to me and my brand is the value and the what I provide to them. So that's why I've sort of kept it faceless. And even though I'm now in a position where I accept myself and I love myself and I don't have anything against that. It doesn't matter if my face is there or not because I'm still me. So it doesn't need to be the face of my brand and who knows in the future it might be. But coming back to that, it doesn't need to be because people still love what I do because they they know me despite not being able to see my face all the time. And that's in itself is really powerful. So that servant leadership <laughs> that servant leadership wow like yeah that's that is um 
Mm, that made that, that made me smile because there's there's very few leaders that think like that, right? Even though it comes from a place of authenticity to you and your story, but and you know there's still very few when when the bloat when the brand goes up, you know somebody wants to come, you know no, let's just evolve mm. the way that we evolve. And I love what you said there is that I I sell my personality and what I do, and I think that's the most important thing. You also said that your your perfectionism is your biggest strength, but also your biggest uh, limitation. And that's exactly how I coach. That's exactly how I teach. That's exactly what I tell people is that our biggest strength overextended is our biggest self-manufactured limit limitation, right? Mm. For me, it's yeah. inspiring, energetic, optimistic. I'm too optimistic. I get burned. I, I, I overqualify people. I'm, you know, I, I'm too optimistic about an opportunity. I don't pay attention to details. Like that's me, but I also use my strength of connecting and influencing people and being able to communicate and build relationships to be a good leader amongst the people that I've been able to lead, right? Mm. And so And I think it's so important to know like even we might have weaknesses, but your weakness can be your biggest strength if you're aware of it and you can use it to your your benefit. And like for me for example, my perfectionism, I know it's my weakness, but because I'm aware of it, I use it as my strength because it is powerful in itself. It's still a tool, but it's whether I use it for the good or I don't like the word bad, but whether I use it to my benefit or whether I use it to hinder me. And that's, you know, cause I'm aware of it, that's my choice. So it's not necessarily, it doesn't have to be my weakness if I choose for it to be my strength instead. Yeah. I always ask people, what's your superpower and what's your kryptonite? You know what I mean? And, it, and, it, yeah. and it, it typically becomes the same thing. And it's so funny because Superman, if we think about Superman, I don't know, you, you know who Superman is, right? Right, right, right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Of course. <laughs> and, um, and it's like, yo, he's from a different, he's from a different planet and nothing on earth can hurt him except for the one thing that is from his planet. So it's like our biggest strength is also our biggest limitations as well. And I love that. So it's like, yeah, let's look at our superpower, but then also understand what our what our kryptonite is and, and know how to manage it. Because it, it, it's, I was, I was, we can either be a superhero or we can be a supervillain with the way that we use our gifts and our talents, right? Yeah, 100%. I love that. Um, here, here's a random one for you. Describe to me the most beautiful thing in the world, but you can't tell me what it is. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, it is, it comes from feeling like you belong. Um, it is different to everyone, but everyone has it. <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that one. I like <laughs> that one. That's good. It comes from a sense of belonging. Okay. Um, and here, here's another random one. Just like I asked you, if you could, if you could give advice to young entrepreneur Caitlin, um, if you could make a 20 second phone call to your future self, what would you say? Mm, I would say, I, and I hope I. I know that I would, but I hope that you have stepped out of your own way and you've stepped into your own power and you haven't let any fears or mm -hmm. comparison or worries 
stop you from doing what you know you're capable of and what you know you want to do. Absolutely. Top three core values. What are they? Top three. Loyalty. Um, Loyalty, trust, and I want to say value. Not that that's necessarily a core value, but value to me means that you are able to accept and that you love at the same time. They're probably my three that come up. Open but not attached. I love it. Mm. And, and able to give unconditional value. Value can definitely be a core value. I, I could definitely see that. And the way that I see core values is that if your behaviors align with the values, then you value it, right? Like my, my top three mm. core values is connection, growth, and integrity, right? And, and, and my behaviors support those values in me, right? And yeah. And, and so, and so, like, and, and I love it. And just with you saying loyalty is your number one core value, I can see it from the loyalty to the brand. Like you said, you started from not wanting to show your face to just evolving to that this is the brand it is, but still being loyal to that. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and holding that in high regards. Because when you respect something and you and you cherish something, you treat it differently. And so loyalty, I can see that. I like that. Um, right, can, can, can you do a few more? you do a few more yeah i love it i love it it. i love it for all my for all my leaders and business owners out there if you were restarting tomorrow what would you do differently oh yes um again i spent i still do i spend too long trying to plan everything i think something i would do differently is sit down and make sure that the vision is clear in my head which i did know But once the vision is clear, you generally already know what the first step you need to do is. It's just whether you actually listen to it or not. So for instance, for me, I started in food photography. The vision was to build something that was creative in all areas that was sustainable to me. I didn't want it to just be photography. And so for me, that meant I needed to branch out and try something else. And for me, that was graphic design. But I didn't do that for another you know, a year and a half, two years, despite knowing that that was the next step I needed to do. So I think biggest tip from myself is being able to trust your gut and knowing that that step that you think you need to do is probably the step that you need to do. Um, But another thing is to make sure that you self-check in along the way, because I think it's so important. And I know we've both mentioned this off um, air quickly, was that your brand as an entrepreneur and your business is not going to be the same from the moment you start to the moment that you finish if you ever finish not that we said there's no end line so i think being able to check in with yourself and pivot is what allows you to grow and keep going because like i said my business started in food photography and yes i still do that but it's like you know maybe 10 percent of what i do now and if i never checked in with myself i wouldn't have been able to create that extra 90 percent either so i think it's powerful to know where we're at and being able to pivot and grow so that we can continue to progress. Yeah, that's that, that's amazing advice. Thank you for that. Um, it, it sparked another question to me. I know I said I only had a couple more, but this is another one. Um, how do you, how did you give yourself the time to accept the evolution of the vision? 
Do you, do, you, do, do that make sense where I'm coming from there? When you start in food yeah. photography, you have this clear vision of what you're going to do. You know what I mean? But then, you know, looking back, could you ever see you like really doing what you're doing like today, you know, on all scales and form? Go ahead, tell me. I, I think if you asked me, you know, two, three years ago, if I said to you, I would be doing what I'm doing now, I would probably be excited and think that maybe that's possible, but I would also look at you and think, no, she probably wouldn't do that. But because, and as an entrepreneur, I think because I've been committed to growing both individually and from like the self-development perspective, as well as a business perspective, I've been able to grow. And something that came up when you said that question was, as we continue to progress through our businesses and what we're doing, for me, when I feel like I'm starting to get uninspired or not necessarily bored, but you feel like you're just getting into a little bit more of a routine. And I know for me, I am an entrepreneur so that I can live every day differently and I can try new things and do new things. When I feel like I'm getting too much into a routine and a rhythm, like I'm back in a job, that's generally when I need to sit down with myself and be like, okay, what's coming next? Because I think it's so easy to get yourself into that rhythm of, okay, I found what actually works for me. And like, if this is working, I can continue this and it won't grow or develop or change. I'll just stay steady where I am. But once we kind of get to that moment of things are very comfortable and just flowing right now and I'm just going through the motions. I'm not really sparked with joy and excited to work on this or what's coming. Then that's kind of when I sit down and say, okay, what's coming next? Because as an entrepreneur and as someone that does value growth and wants to be always developing, to be able to sit down and go, what's coming next? Because we have that freedom to decide what that is. That's sort of where the value comes in. That's amazing. And that gives us as, as, like time to accept the fact that, yo, what we thought might be working might not be working either on the complete other hand of that. So it one, it takes a handful of honesty, but it, it, it takes also the time of just literally pressing the pause button. And I always say, pause, pausing allows growth to catch up with you because we can we can run mm. from growth for so long like we can just keep running with our head down and we'll never let the growth mm. catch up to us until we stub our toe you know and, yeah and, we have to and i think i yeah and i think i mentioned this to you very briefly before we started but when i was so when i got to this point of feeling uninspired and not really sure i had moved interstate away from my family and i was doing the food photography part-time and i was still i got my certs in fitness and was a personal trainer and I think I mentioned to you, I actually took three months completely off and I went home and I stayed with my family during that time. And like, I went through a period of not a relapse in my eating disorder, but I went through a very mental health struggle during that period. So when I got to there, I said, okay, I'm going to take three months completely off. And I love what you said there, where it's like, when we stop, we allow the growth to catch up with us. And that's sort of what I did. I didn't put any pressure on myself for those couple of months to try and be doing something or try and figure out what I needed to be doing. I literally just stepped back and just kind of like I went back to where I grew up as a child and I went back to connecting with my family and old friends and sort of 
just reconnected with myself and what I used to love and what I used to do before I went into finding what that next step is. So I think like you said there, it's so important to make sure that we do stay in touch with ourselves. And if that means taking a step back, then that's exactly what you need to do. 100% and and, and remind, to remind everybody out there, it's not a crime to protect your energy or your growth. Like it's not a crime. No. Like you're you're entitled to be the best version of you always. And so if that means isolating or taking a step back, going back to where you grew up, like I love that. Can I ask you? Can I, well, of course I can ask you a question. We're interviewing you here. Um, uh, <laughs> if your if your childhood had a smell, what would it be? Oh yes, I grew up with the smell of I don't want to say eucalyptus, but the smell of like almost rainforest and nature because I grew up in the hills in Adelaide so South Australia so I was always surrounded by big trees whether that be eucalyptus or otherwise that's good I love I love that um one that question because it, it, it's something that I, I have a candle it just reminds me of just where I grew up and it was just uh, anytime that I need to take that moment to pause I light that candle and I, and I embrace that and I think aromas are really good for that as well but also yeah. to trigger those memories and do that work so that's good that's good mm. I love that yeah, when I'm, where did you grow up me Texas I know I'm not interviewing you but oh nice <laughs> I haven't been to Texas my sister has <laughs> yeah no, but um, but but it's good. It's good. It's like a, a brown c- cinnamon sugar smell, and it's just it reminds me of cinnamon brown sugar toasted bread. Like it's oh it, yum. <laughs> it's a good candle, but um, but I, I keep it close to me, and it always makes me think. You know, mm. what what did other people's childhood smell like? Because I know what mine smells mm. like. You know, and it's always good to just take people there for a moment. Um, what what do I? one more question one more question we're, we're, we'll wrap this thing up but what is this chapter of your life called mm, that's a good question the chapter of my life right now is a mix of waiting uncertainty and growth so without saying too much i i'm in a period where I absolutely am extremely grateful for my current life and my business and my relationships, my friendships, etc. In saying that, the next couple months come with some big changes, some big developments and in turn growth. But right now, I'm in the uncertainty of not knowing what the decision is for that. So for example, like to use one in a practical sense, I will be moving in a few months but I will be moving out of the state that I'm in and whether that means to another city or another state, I haven't decided. And there's two that I'm tying up between. And right now, I don't know which one it's going to be. And I'm sitting in that uncertainty because I know that it's going to lead me to growth. So, yeah. That's good. That's it. And that's a beautiful way to look at that because that could cause a lot of anxiety in most people what comes next or what do I do or I got to make a decision no you don't chill no. chill and I've always said like and especially in terms of this like you don't need to make a decision no but when you do make a decision it also doesn't have to be permanent like nothing we do 
defines the rest of our lives. Like it's the same with job, it's where you live, it's where you, you know, if you go try a sport or if you go travel somewhere, like nothing is permanent. You can do it for, you know, two days, two months, two years. You're not locked into anything. So, you know, that's how I take the anxiety off of myself is that, yeah, I might make a decision. Sure, it might be, you know, not the best decision I could possibly make, but it doesn't matter because I tried it. And it kind of comes back to that conversation we went through of failure. Like nothing is a failure. It's just an opportunity for growth. I love it. I love it. Please, will you tell everybody where they can find you, where they can follow this journey, this uncertainty, this uncertain growth of yours? Like, please tell everybody where they can get it and just follow Of course. <laughs> yes. So my personal, my main page is on Instagram, which is at Caitlin Armstrong, but with two A's. My name's not Caitlina, which a lot of people think just because the original was taken so it's Caitlin Armstrong but with two A's um that's my main page and then my business page is socials by C which is just where I share some of my client work and things like that um they're my main areas and then I'm on TikTok as well which is Caitlin Armstrong I don't use that quite as much but you can always send me a message or an email I get back to as many as I can because I don't see the point in showing up and giving community without the value of the people.